Are you ready? Because that's what she looks like. She looks like if you took strawberries, chocolate, Hennessy, brains, Wakanda for life, and you sprinkle sexiness on it. Hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm hearing too much noise and fucking feedback. I need everybody to be quiet as shit. No, I want you to marinate. Hold on. Trish, stand down your high and tight. Stand down your high and tight. Thank you. Because there's only six people that got that, and I appreciate you. Townsend, did you call them? Did you call the Black Caucus? Because they play a game. They want to ask you a question. It's crazy when the Black Caucus got their number disconnected. I'm like, I got 50 if y'all need it. Uh. But now you're final entertainment. And this is my mesmerizing black girls. She is like Hennessy. Strawberries. Chocolates. Air. Do your thing. Give it up for Miss Taylor Haggerty. How y'all doing tonight? All right, I want y'all to give it up for your comics that we've had. We had an interesting group of comics. Come on, give it up for your comics. Give it up for our host, Buck. But most importantly, I just moved to 
recently lived in Chicago, Illinois. Any Chicagans? Are you Chicago? All right, all right. Hi, neighbor. How are you doing? Recently, did I hear boo? Rude. Um, I recently lived in Chicago, um, and I absolutely had no desire to live in Chicago. None at all. None at all. And it, it's not because Chicago has, according to the media, one of the de is one of the deadliest cities in the world, in America. That's not one of the reasons. I had no desire to live in Chicago because I had taken one for the Black Woman Coalition. I had taken one for the Black Woman Caucus because I voluntarily uprooted my life from Dallas, Texas, and relocated to Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> yeah, you heard me, people. From 2012 to 2015, I lived in Des Moines, Iowa. Or as my grandfather, who is a farmer from East Texas, says it, Des Moines, Iowa. So I had no desire to remain in the Midwest for two more years, but as luck would have it, I absolutely fell in love with Chicago. I love Chicago. Ain't no city got nothing on Summertime Shy. Have y'all heard about Summertime Shy before? Been there? No city. LA, nothing. They have like Coachella and it's two weeks, nothing on Summertime Shy. Atlanta, I'm from there. And they day parties? They all right. Ain't got nothing on Summertime Shy. And I've, I've learned why no city has anything on Summertime Shy. And that's because for nine out of 10 of the 12 months of the year, it's absolutely too cold to do anything in Chicago. It's like the residents of Chicago go in a quasi-hibernation because it's absolutely too cold to do anything in the city. Have you all heard of the, the woman? I actually learned that she is a 16-year-old child. I'm not sure why she's a social media sensation. The catch me outside, how about that figure? Have you heard of her? In Chicago in the winter, it's the absolute opposite. Hey Taylor, I left my charger at your house. Do you mind bringing it to the Starbucks up the street so I can pick it up? Mm, that's a negative, Ghost Rider. You can catch me inside my house, on my couch, with my fleece blanket, likely watching Parks and Recreation, The Office, or the Big Bang Theory. How about that? Hashtag, that's why I'm single right now. Uh, but absolutely love Chicago, because those three months of summer, the city like busts open. And like, it's lit. Like, rooftop day parties with hella eligible black men catch me outside. How about that? Yacht party on the 4th of July, catch me outside. How about that? Like my all-time favorite one was, uh, it was an adult night at the aquarium. And it was accompanied by live jazz performers. And they ended the night with this fireworks display. It was on the water. And then it was free for military. Catch me outside, boo-boo. Like, I mean, catch me outside. How about that? Absolutely loved summertime Chicago. When I told people I was moving to Japan, for some reason, the first thing they told me, they're like, you're absolutely gonna love the public transportation in Japan. I don't know why that's the first thing people think to tell me when I'm moving to Japan. It's pretty presumptuous of them to think that I had a problem with the public transportation in Chicago, which was quite pleasant to me. 
for many reasons. One, it was free. My job paid for it. And then secondly, you never know what you're going to see on public transportation in Chicago. You could see some illegal gambling going on, or you could see some live street performers, or there could be somebody peeing in a Dunkin' Donuts cup on the last train. You just never know what's going to happen out there. So, are there any pet owners in the building? Any pet owners? Y'all have some pets? What's your pet's name, young lady? Kuma. Kuma. Interesting pet's name. What about you? What's your pet's name? Strider. Strider. Thank you, people. Thank you. You did it right. So, I absolutely, it, it bothers me to my core, people who give pets human names. Like, I grew up and I had, my grandma had a couple of cats and dogs. Her dog was named Rocky and Freeway. One of my girlfriends in Chicago, she had a cat. Her cat's name is Purple. One of my good friends in Des Moines, yes, black people do make good friends in Des Moines. One of my good friends in Des Moines, she had a cat. Her cat's name was Benefuccio. I've never in my life met a human Benefuccio. Because Benefuccio ain't no human name. I'm on the Purple Line in Evanston, Illinois. It is a wealthy, pretentious suburb of Chicago. And I see this sign for this lost pet poster. And this is what the sign said. Margaret is lost. <laughs> Who the heck is Margaret? Who lost their grandmother and instead of reporting to the proper authority so that they can submit an Amber Alert Silver, submit her license plate number, a recent picture of her, put up this lost pet sign. People, Margaret is not a pet's name. Like, I immediately knew who Margaret's owner was. Margaret Honor is a white, a white hipster, likely with a name like Genevieve or something. And Margaret's owner named her Margaret so that when Genevieve's coworker, Shamika, asked her, Genevieve, do you want to join us for a drink after work tonight? Genevieve could be like, you know what, tonight, I'm just gonna hang out with Margaret at my house. Google, Margaret is not a pet's name. I shared this bit with a chick I met in Chicago and she died laughing. She was like, my coworker only names his pets cat's names. He got a Tyrone strolling around, a Shalonda out here writing scripts. He got a couple of hamsters, one is Gucci Mane, he getting married to Keisha next week. Like, white people, stop naming your pets cat, your, your, your pets human names. Please stop doing it, because I get so much humor out of it. I absolutely love Chicago, though. You never know what you're going to see. While I fell in love with Chicago, unfortunately, your girl did not find love in Chicago. It did not happen at all. I know, surprise, surprise me too. Um, and I get this question so often, Taylor, why are you single? Like, you're like the complete package. Like, you're educated, you're witty, you're professional, you got body for days. Like, why are you single? And I've decided my response to that now from here on out is, I'm overqualified for the position. That is why I am single. So I did date a few guys um, in Chicago, not too many, but I dated a few guys. And guys, I want to school you real quick on the dating scene. And when I say guys, I actually mean guys because it irritates me when people use the term guys to refer to females and to ladies. So guys, if you are dating a young lady, I bet you 
any amount of money. Mm, never mind. I don't like gambling and I don't like losing money, so I'll bet you any amount of double stuffed Oreos that if she is talking about you to one of her girlfriends, she's not using your government name. We just don't do it. It's like an unspoken girl code. We call you something else. Ladies, am I lying? I'm not lying. So, let me get a young man. Young man, what's your name? Manny? Manny. And so, this, this is going to be the situation. Manny, you're dating this young lady, and she is referring to you to one of her girlfriends. But she's going to accidentally use your correct name. This is how that conversation is going to go. Girl, what you do last night? Uh, just hung out with Manny. We went and got some sushi. Went back to his place. Watched one of the Netflix specials. That was about it. Who the heck is Manny? Like, I thought we was better than that. You dating new guys and they told me about nothing? And you to the point where you, you at his house? Oh, word? That's how we doing it? Girl, I told you about Manny. Like, when I met him at the Starbucks, when I was supposed to meet you there and you didn't show up? Manny, you ain't told me about nobody named Manny. <laughs> Little dick. Manny, I'm sorry. You're a little dick in somebody's home. That's how we refer to you all. You all are characterized by like a, a statement, a phrase, something stupid y'all have done. It is an invisible post-it on your head, Manny, that we call you when we talk to somebody. So in Chicago, there was holiday, there was, in, in Chicago, there was Law School Bay. And Law School Bay was a third year law student who had tons of Bay potential but the timing just didn't work out. Um, there was Church's Boring Guy, and Church's Boring Guy was about a 39-year-old man who was hella fine. He was like the epitome of black don't crack. Um, but he couldn't quite figure out how to articulate his dissatisfaction with the church, so he just started telling people church was boring. That was all he said. And then there was Holiday Bay. And Holiday Bay was a guy I dated for the lengthiest time. And we started dating around um, a little bit before Thanksgiving. And we ended it right um, like around January 4th. And another tidbit, guys. Don't end things the way Holiday Bay ended it with me. It's January 2nd, the morning of January 2nd. I'm leaving his place. We had just had a difficult conversation. And going for a hug and kiss, then braces off. I knew it was because of a difficult conversation, so I let it go. I go home, I realize I left my charger at Holiday Bay's house. And it was like my good charger. Not one of those cheap Apple chargers that get, after five uses, you have that uncircumcised penis looking thing on it. It was like a legit charger, it was cloth, it had a little bit of lint on it. I could plug it in one room and use it in another. I needed my charger back. But it wasn't a problem, because during this dating season, I had seen Holiday Bay two to three times a day. I'll wait. During this holiday season, I'd see Holiday Bay two to three times a, a week, so I knew I'd get my charger back. So I text him, hey, I left my charger at your house. And he says, do you need it today? I'm like, no, not just letting you know I left my charger. He's like, cool. I don't hear from Holiday Bay until 9 p.m. that night. One of the problems in our relationship, that's neither here nor there. And then he texts me that night and he says, I dropped your charger in the mail you should get it in the next two to three days. That was my, my sentence exactly, what the fuck? 
You gonna send me that shipping and tracking number with it too, Holiday Bay? This is how childish I am. I immediately screenshotted the text message because I'm that chick. I screenshot your text messages and sent it to my girlfriend and I said, I guess Holiday Bay and I are done? Insert Kanye truck. Guys, don't do the girls like that. That we deserve so much better. I love Chicago, loved it, didn't find love there, but I did start doing stand-up in Chicago. Chicago is a great city for stand-up. Um, it has places like Second City, where people like Tina Fey, Steve Carell, and other famous white improvisationists got their start. Um, has a great open mic scene. Um, my first open mic experience in Chicago was quite the experience. And so, um, we put the address in the Uber, we go to this open mic spot, and it's a dive bar. And I absolutely hate dive bars. I don't know why, I just don't like dive bars. But I push it aside, we go in, we make a shmoney moves, I'm about to do this stand up, go in. So I'm at the door, I give the bouncer my ID, I see the stage, and I see an American flag hoisted up on the, behind the stage. So I think this place is patriotic. But what year of patriotism is this, is this establishment? Is it the 50s and Jim Crow? Or is it 2008 and yes we can? By the end of the night, we would know. I go in, push that aside. I do the first thing that any person of color does when they go in any unfamiliar establishment. I looked around to see if there was someone that looked like me. And I did it before I came here. I do it for multiple reasons. Because in case something pops off, I can look at this person that I've never met in my life and we can have a full-blown conversation about what just happened without saying not now one word. I looked around, I didn't see nobody. Not one person was in there. Okay, I lied, there was one. You know, the uh, black person that white people say they have as a friend before they say, say something racist, the childish Gambino of black people, he was in there. Skinny jeans, funky vans, funky haircut, vans with a hole in it. I didn't see it, but I'm sure there was some form of wheeled motor transportation that he got in there on. It was either a skateboard, a hoverboard, some rollerblades, a scooter. He got in there on something. So we go in, the night's going fine, and out of nowhere, the black comet comes in. And he starts doing his bit. And it's going fine. And he gets to the part of his bit where he's doing the N-word. He's dropping the N-word, left and right, left and right. And then, in typical black stereotypical fashion, he just left. He started drama, he ate, and he left. He was like, deuces, N-word, I'm out. And then it got interesting. Because Hipster Brian gets up. And Hipster Brian is so drunk, he cannot piece together a coherent sentence. And this is obvious by what Hipster Brian is about to say. He says, for some reason, he's white, as you can tell. For some reason, I just want to say the N-word. And we were like, no, Hipster Brian, don't do it, Hipster Brian. And of course, everyone is looking to me to see how do we resolve the situation. I'm like, we're going to just move forward. We're going to move forward. And then at the table uh, next to me, there's obnoxious hipster. And obnoxious hipster is like, you should do it, Hipster Brian. You should do it. And the crowd is like, no, don't do it. Reconsider. Read some letter. You sure on the subject? You sure? Look, Andre 3000. But Hipster Brian used a little bit of sense that he had, and he did not use the N-word. 
But then obnoxious hipster was like, well, Jackson Pollock was an N-word, and she added the E-R that made it even more racist. So then everybody's looking at me like, what do we do? Is the black girl offended? How do we resolve this? I have too much to lose to deal with this little drunk white woman. I decided to let her make it. The night goes on, and then Conscious Hipster gets on the stage. And Conscious Hipster is dropping some conscious bombs. And Conscious Hipster is like, I feel like we've learned a couple of things tonight white people should not say. First thing white people should not say is that they have a desire to say the N-word. The second thing white people should not say, they should not say the N-word. So of course I clap obnoxiously in obnoxious hipster's face. And then she turns to me and she says, of course, well she didn't do that because that's a black girl move, but that's the only way I know how to reenact what she did. She said, of course, the only black girl in here is clapping. And then she proceeds to try to dap me up. So people in the room who don't know what happened, obnoxious sister had just said the N-word. Then she said some more ill stuff to me. And then she tried to shake my hand to seal the end of her racist deal. I was sitting down, but had I not been sitting down, I probably would have hit her with this squat. Because this is a squat where you about to give somebody something that they don't want right now. I looked her square in the eyes and I said, no. Not today, Satan. I rebuke thee in the name of Jesus. A conscious sister was on the stage and she was like, good night! And I was like, good night! And that was my first stand-up experience in Chicago, Illinois. Thank you all for listening to me tonight. That's my time. Hope you all enjoyed your night.